Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and The Journey's a program all about faith, hope, love, and life. It's brought to you from a little place called Wollongong, south of Sydney. That's also the name of the Catholic Diocese, the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong, that brings you this show with crazy Catholics from all around Australia who love contributing to this wonderful thing called Christian Radio, which is such a blessing to communities right around the country. And this week, we're celebrating the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time as we lead into the end of the Ordinary series of readings. That's why it's called Ordinary Time. And a week out from Advent, where we jump into scripture readings that are preparing our hearts for the Incarnation. Emmanuel, God is with us, leading into Christmas. And so that's going to be our focus for this week, particularly in a couple of the key talks that we've got, certainly from Father Mark D. Batista, who's going to kick us off this week in breaking open the Gospel from Matthew, that's 25, verses 14 to 30, chapter 25. And the Gospel reading is all about being faithful in small things, using our gifts and talents for the glory of God. And Father Mark's going to be breaking that open for us, so is Father Tony a little bit later on, but from a completely different perspective, Father Mark's going to do it in talking about the cost of discipleship, and Father Tony's going to have a look at overcoming our fears, calling out our fears, and overcoming them for the sake of the service of God. So it's going to be great to hear two different perspectives on this wonderful gospel from those two guys. Mother Hilda Scott's with us, of course, Wisdom from the Abbey. She's been doing a bit of reading of the book of Ezekiel and those profound words in the book of Ezekiel, and they will know that I am God. Mark Rowie's with us again this week. Hearts on Fire, Feet on the Move is his much-loved and very well-received new segment that we've had on the journey this year. Mark is the Director of Catholic Mission in our region, and he's going to talk really powerfully today about giving priority to the poor and needy. We're reminded that so often throughout the Scriptures. And we're also going to be hearing from Pete Gilmore this week, Living the Gospel. He's going to talk to us about the circus. It'll make sense when we get there, but uh, some great insights that we've got from Pete. Now Jesus is inviting people to, just like in the circus, the greatest show on earth. Lots of great music in the mix too, with Corey Ashby, and we're going to be hearing from Jeremy Rosado. Lauren Daigle's in the mix as well. Max Norton, our sound editor, has done a great job in putting this week's show together, just on the cusp of this Advent season. And you're going to hear from him now as he proclaims for us the Gospel reading, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. And then we'll be hearing from Father Mark De Batista. Let's get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and thanks so much for joining us as we scream towards the end of November and continue on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven is like a man on his way abroad who summonsed his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, each in proportion to his ability. Then he set out. The man who had received the five talents promptly went and traded with them and made five more. The man who had received two made two more in the same way. But the man who had received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now a long time after, the master of those servants came back and went through his accounts with them. 
The man who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more. Sir, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. Here are five more that I have made. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have shown you can be faithful in small things. I will trust you with greater. Come and join in your master's happiness. Next, the man with the two talents came forward. Sir, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. Here are two more that I have made. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have shown you can be faithful in small things. I will trust you with greater. Come and join in your master's happiness. Last came forward the man who had the one talent. Sir, he said, I had heard you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid, and I went off and hid your talent in the ground. Here it is. It was yours. You have it back. But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered? Well then, you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have recovered my capital with interest. So now, take the talent from him and give it to the man who has the five talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have more than enough. But from the man who has not, even what he has will be taken away. As for this good-for-nothing servant, throw him out into the dark where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark de Battista. What is the cost of discipleship? This week we get hit with another parable, this time about a, a great owner going away for a long time and he entrusts to his servants all his wealth and to the first one we're told he gives five talents to the second one two and to the third one one each in accordance with their ability now just to give you a little bit of a context you know uh, a talent is 15 years wages for a laborer in Jesus's time so if we look at it roughly in our own context Sort of, if we say a labourer earns about in Australia anyway about sixty thousand annually, we're looking at somewhere around the nine hundred thousand one million dollar mark. That's one talent. So the first one is getting about four and a half to five million dollars, and the second one's getting about two million dollars, and the third one about you know nine hundred to a million dollars. So that's the rough figures that they're being entrusted with. So it's no small amount of money, but we know what happens. Some are natural go-getters, and they go and work with it. Other one, he's fearful, and he's got reason to be fearful because his master is a hard man. Skleros, the Greek word, he's hardened, and he reaps where he doesn't sow, and he gathers where he hasn't scattered. So, I mean, how do you deal with a, a master like that? Surely you better have an insurance policy, right? How many of us think like that? But, interestingly, when the master comes back, and of course this is a parable about the Lord entrusting us with his talents and what he gives us to do and expects us to do with them. 
when the man comes back and says, Master, you know, I, I was afraid of you. I know you're a hard man and so forth. So I buried your talent in the ground. It was yours. Here it is. It's yours again. The master says, why didn't you put it back with the money changes? I would have gotten it back with interest if you were too afraid to actually go and trade with it. So it's one of those parables where fear is no excuse. In a number of places in the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He knows a fear is going to come upon us at various times in our lives. He knows that sometimes it's going to cripple us even. But he always calls us to trust in him. And to trust in him, therefore, even when it comes to using our talents, our gifts, those things that he's given to us for his glory, to develop ourselves, to do good, and also to take appropriate risk. Those with the five and the two talents went and took risk. They took appropriate risk and they managed to double the money that he had given to them. So as we come to the end of the liturgical year, the church naturally turns her mind to Christ coming again. And he will come to judge us mercifully and justly. But what do we have to show for ourselves, for what he's given to us? Have we gone out and traded with our talents? Have we perhaps, being more cautious and fearful, just taken it and invested it with the bankers? Or have we been so utterly afraid that we didn't even do anything with them and buried them in the ground? Because this simply doesn't cut it with the Lord. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
Come and see who I've become Ever since I met amazing grace Everything has changed Come and see the joy I've found All the hope that fills me now If you need proof that God can do anything If you need proof that God can do anything Come and see You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I've recently been reading the book of Ezekiel, as you do, and I read parts of that that I've never read before, or if I have read them, I certainly haven't been aware of what I read now. I noticed that the recurring line through several chapters was was this and they will know that I am God God goes off to say and I'm going to do this, this, this and this and they will know that I am God I'll do this, this and this and this and they will know that I am God and finally God is talking to the Israelites and he says and they will know that I am Fear God. That struck me. They will know that I am their God. I wonder how many times you and I take that on board. I passed a dilapidated church on my way here this morning. The words fit. And they will know that I am their God. And sometimes our families are in disarray. And they will know that I am their God. And our particular community is beset with dissensions and bad feelings, bad vibes, bad direction. And God says, and they will know that I am their God. And if he is their God, if he is our God, then beautifully he's taken on all the characteristics, he's taken on all the identity of that particular group and that particular family. And he's not afraid to stand out in the middle of the street and say, hello, point to us and say, I am their God. Perhaps this week is the week to claim him too, as he has already claimed us. What a wonderful thing to wake up tomorrow morning and say, Ah, he's our God. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. Wisdom from the Abbey is her much-loved segment, and she's spoken to us there about our God. And they will know that I am God. Beautiful words and themes taken from the book of Ezekiel. So thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. And to Father Mark de Batista, who we heard before the break, breaking up in this week's Gospel from Matthew 25, 14 to 30, all about being faithful in small things and joining in our Master's happiness as a result. We've already had some great music from Jeremy Rosado, the song Come and See. Here's some more, Corey Ashby and the song Kind. After the break, Father Tony Percy from Canberra-Goldwyn, 
He's going to talk to us about the need to call out our fears when we recognise them and to overcome them. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Sometimes marriages don't work Sometimes babies die Sometimes rehab turns to relapse And you're left just asking why And for all the prayers I pray I still wonder if he's real And if he is, how is he choosing Who he does and doesn't heal I've tried to run from Jesus I've started holy wars I've tried the patient waiting And the kicking down the doors I've cursed his name in anger With my fist raised to the sky And in return All he's ever been is fine And I burned my share of bridges I learned to tuck my tail and run To watch the wreckage in the rear view From all the crooked things I've done And I know that he forgives me But it's hard to forgive myself I can't help but think amazing grace Is for everybody else I tried to run from Jesus I started holy wars I tried the patient way That's what kindness costs. I've tried to run from Jesus, I started holy wars. I tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors. He knows I don't deserve it, but he's never changed his mind. All he's ever been. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness.
waist, open your heart, don't be afraid, jump on in, the water is fine, it's healing in the river of life, calm as you are, no time to waste, open your heart, don't be afraid, jump on in, the water is fine, it's healing in the river of life. Father Tony Percy. This week, calling out fear. So here we go, the uh, second last week of the ordinary liturgical year, and we've got another parable again. Matthew is loading up the parables for us. After we finish this week, we'll have the Feast of Christ the King, and then we have the new liturgical year. So our gospel will move from Matthew to Mark, and that's, uh, that's very good to know. The parables have been coming thick and thin, and they're trying to evoke in us a sense of response of repentance to to try and love God more deeply and to try and love each other more deeply and to try and reject those things that are not good for us where we we know we're we're not uh, performing well. This is a constant battle in life in case you haven't realized it doesn't matter what age we are we've always got to be pursuing good things and then rejecting evil. It's a definition of wisdom which we gave last week. The parable this week is uh, the wonderful parable of the talents. A talent is a unit of measurement. It was 6,000 denarii. One talent equals 6,000 denarii. And a denarii was a working day's wage. So these fellows have been entrusted with five talents, two talents, one talent. If you put it into dollar terms today, that would be something like $10 million. One guy gets $10 million. One guy gets $4 million, And one guy gets $1 million. So that's all a bit relative, but it's large sums of money. And uh, two of them go off and trade very well. And the master says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in small things. Now I'm going to make you faithful and I'm going to entrust you with greater things. Come and enter into the joy of my Lord. That's worth hanging on to. So just as we want to hang on to the peace of Christ as he rises from the dead, that's a, a fantastic gift. It's a person. Peace is a person, Christ. But the joy the joy of Christ. With St. Thomas Aquinas, who, who said most magnificently, the spiritual joys in life are deeper, are deeper than the sensual joys. Well, think of a good meal with a great glass of wine. I think of a magnificent piece of music. You're at a live piece of music. It's nothing better than live music. Fantastic joy. Think of a great novel. Well, of course, the, what Thomas is saying, yes, these things are very important, but they the, uh, the spiritual joys are even deeper. And of course, the two, because our sensual life is symbolic, the two are often very closely aligned to each other. But that's what St. Thomas said as a plane flies over. That's what St. Thomas said. The, 
The spiritual joys are deeper than the sensual joys. So yes, Christ saying to these these uh, servants of His who have traded wisely, come and enter into the joy of your Master, of your Lord. Of particular interest is the fellow who was given one million and buried it. Didn't even put it in the bank. He buried the talent. When he comes back for the examination, he says to his master, he says, I knew you were an exact and difficult master. Therefore, I was afraid and therefore I hid the talent. And so the question arises, who on earth told this fellow? What lunatic told this fellow that God is harsh? You remember that, that famous saying of St. Francis de Sales, the height, of the, the height of the Protestant Reformation. He had an experience of God, obviously. He's a naturally quick-tempered guy. And he, he said, oh, oh, I'd sooner be judged by God than by my own mother. It's a fantastic phrase. So who told this fellow that God was harsh? I mean, God, at the beginning in the book of Genesis, God entrusts Adam and Eve with, with that beautiful sense of human love. And knowing Adam and Eve knew each other, beautiful description for human sexuality. And of course, then life comes, then, then life flows from this. So God has entrusted uh, to us in the most magnificent way, love and life. And yet someone has got into this guy's head, some lunatic, as I say, has got into this guy's head and convinced him that somehow God is harsh. And then this causes the fear to rise up and he's paralyzed by fear and then he can't do anything. One of the commentators says, yes, he's frozen. He's frozen and therefore he's frozen in immobility. Can't do anything. There's no activity, immobility because he's frozen. I wonder whether, if we stop and think about it, whether the cause of a lot of modern day atheism is in fact this idea that God is harsh. Maybe, perhaps, maybe some truth in that. People have this idea of God, which is completely and utterly erroneous. And therefore, it, it stops them, creates a barrier and creates fear, certainly. And then what about the, the question of fear? You know, the fear, you're frozen in your immobility and you can't have a, a proper normal life. You can't have a, a proper Christian life. You're, you're frozen, your ministry, whatever God's calling you to, it's not coming forth because there's a fear, terrible thing. So we should examine that. Let's call out our fears this week with each other and see if we can't release some more baptismal dynamic energy within the heart of the body of Christ. Thanks so much to Father Tony Percy there. A bit of a different reflection to what we got at the top of the show from Father Mark De Batista. He spoke about the cost of discipleship and based on that same reading, Father Tony Percy has spoken about what we need to do to call out our own fears get past them and to serve the Lord regardless. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Mark Rowie. He's the Director of Catholic Mission in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong, and they've got similar position in lots and lots of dioceses around Australia. And the work of the church and all the churches, particularly at this time of year when we've got people who leading into Christmas with their needs and, and their poverty often, particularly in pretty tough economic times, are, are playing for Many to see, well, we're, we're called to dive into that and to stand alongside the poor and the needy. And Mark's going to talk to us about that straight after the break. Some more music first up, though. Lauren Daigle and the song you say. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're still on the journey.
keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know.
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. And now, encouraging us to have hearts on fire and feet on the move, here's Mark Rowie. One of the most consistent themes in the Scriptures is the priority that must be given to the poor and needy. It was a hallmark of Jesus' words and actions. He lived a life of material poverty and sought out those who were on the margins, the despised, the outcast, the powerless, the poor. In chapter 25 of Matthew's Gospel, we read of the Last Judgment, where Jesus clearly emphasised that we will one day be judged not for how dedicated we were to religious practice or ritual, but to how we treated the poor and outcast. Over the last 50 years or so, this has become known as the preferential option for the poor. Let me unpack what those words mean. An option implies choice, and perhaps could be interpreted as something we may decide to do when it suits us, meaning... It would be nice to look after the poor if and when we decide it is convenient to do so. Preference, though, means priority, means they come first, means they are the top order of business on the agenda, means they are attended to ahead of everyone else. Preference does not mean sharing the crumbs from my table, does not mean occasional consideration or pity, and certainly does not mean being an afterthought or an extra. Adhering to a preferential option for the poor would mean that when our leaders are designing public policy, they would keep in the forefront of their minds how those policies and decisions might impact the poor and needy as a first consideration. There are not too many policies that do not have an impact on the poor, but those covering taxation, housing, transport, health, education and welfare at the very least do. The ongoing debates in Australia about the cost of living, minimum wages, welfare payments and rent affordability affect everyone. However, those at the lowest end of the food chain are impacted most dramatically and in a truly Christian world would be prioritised before those who are well off are thought about. Pope Benedict once said, Love for widows and orphans, prisoners and the sick and the needy of every kind is as essential as the ministry of the sacraments and preaching of the gospel. Pope Francis similarly said that the preferential option for the poor is not a political option, nor is it an ideological option, a party option. No, the preferential option for the poor is at the centre of the gospel, and the first to do this was Jesus. The preferential option for the poor is also closely connected to climate change and environmental destruction. Care for the earth and care for the poor are two sides of the one coin as degradation of the earth will disproportionately impact the poor across the world. Wealth, education and privilege will help me find a way to negotiate the changing climate for me and my family, but that is not likely to be an option for those living in Kiribati, Bangladesh or Ethiopia. If we are genuinely trying to live a Christian life, consistent with the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, then preferencing the poor in our daily thinking and decision-making is the only option, the only choice, and the ultimate criteria upon which our lives will one day be judged. I'm Mark Rowie from Catholic Mission. Find out more about us at catholicmission.org.au. Thanks so much to uh, Mark Rowie there. He's really challenged us to genuinely try and live the Christian life consistent with the teachings of Jesus and the Gospels, particularly about our need to remember the poor, to have our eyes open to that, to be looking for that and figuring out how we're going to serve, remembering those those words of Jesus. When you did that to the least of these, remember you did it unto me. We're going to the circus at the end of the show. Pete Gilmore has got a, a great piece for us with the circus theme. 
and the invitation to to, uh, to roll up to the greatest show on on earth, which which is Jesus and and life and and walking with Jesus. That's after the break. But first up, here's uh, Pat Barrett. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Building on what we just heard from Mark Rowie, faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting near the end, but you're still on the journey. Michael from Cornubia, Queensland, and you're listening to The Journey. In a time full of war, be peace. In a time full of doubt, just believe. Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me. Time for war will be peace In a world full of hate, be light When you do somebody wrong, make it right Don't hide in the dark, you were born to shine In a world full of hate, be light 
On the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. I'm not gonna lie, I secretly love the circus. I love the sideshows, I love the games that are impossible to win, I love the ring of camper vehicles that the circus folk have driven here in. I love the animals, and I love the big top. I love that it's a whole world of its own. I just, I love it. I love the idea that this was an empty park and these people rolled in, they stretched out this massive tent and then they put together the centre tent poles and then dragged the support ropes out and, the, and this whole thing took shape. And it's only after making that space that the quote-unquote circus can actually happen. I mean, we could all squeeze into a flat tent. The acrobats can all you know, awkwardly cartwheel across the flat space. The clowns push each other around on the ground. The lions swipe aimlessly in the dark. But we wouldn't really call that a circus. A question that I often get about being a Christian is why? Why, why do we have to pray? Why do we need to go to church together? Why do we have to read the Bible? Why do we have to serve each other? Why do we have to do all these things? And the best answer I've got is that our lives are like the big top. And these things we do, prayer, church, Bible, service, community, they're, they're like the tent poles that make space inside of us. And once we have that space, the ringmaster Jesus says, step right up, step right up for the greatest show on earth. In that space we have created, we come to know the goodness and greatness of God. People often say, oh, I don't feel like God is close or that he cares. How are your tent poles? Where's the space? This week, let's venture into the scriptures. Let's dive into church. Let's love one another. Let's make space for us to live with God and God with us. God bless.
walk into a city I cannot see Through the depths of the valley where the sun can't reach I've been high, I've been low I've been looking for the river that could fill my soul Been walking to a city I cannot see Fill my cup, song to finish there that's andrew rip fill my cup we've had some great music on today's show i hope you've enjoyed it thanks to max norden who's put it all together to all of our contributors we just heard from pete gilmore and he's living the gospel segment a little piece he called circus tents and flat acrobats the call to dive into and embrace all that the church is asking us to do diving into the life of the church and therefore into the mission to make jesus known and loved it's the greatest show on earth Thanks to him, to Mark Rowie from Catholic Mission, from Father Tony Percy and Mark DeBattista, Father Mark, who, who broke open the, the, the gospel reflection for us this week, all based on Matthew 25. And of course, to Mother Hilda Scott with her Wisdom from the Abbey segment. 
We will be doing it all again next week as we get closer and closer to the Advent season. It'll be the Feast of Christ the King next next week, which is the, the finishing of ordinary time and leading us into the Advent season. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Hope it's been a blessing to you. Hope it's encouraged you. Don't forget you can go to jcr.org.au to listen to this and past shows. You might have a particular desire to listen to one of the, the God spots that you've heard this week. It's all there, freely accessible, easy to share with other people. You might want to drop us a line too. We'd love to hear from you. And I really hope you can join us again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.